Welcome to Witchcraft Made Science, a future-based podcast where we'll be discussing the witch as an age-old stereotype as well as a new feminist icon, making space for the spiritual, the scientific and the skeptical aspects of witchcraft, all seen from an artistic lens. In this podcast, we'll talk to a great selection of artists about how they define witchcraft, how the figure of the witch comes forward in their work, and sometimes even how magic and science can be intertwined. This episode, we will talk to Anna McCarthy. Disclaimer, this program discusses topics such as discrimination, violence and abuse. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Anna McCarthy. I'm so glad uh, you could have a chat with us about uh, your recent work. It's a stake strike. And I'm trying to to say the German name, which is Schanterhaufenstreik. Yeah, sehr gut, sehr gut. Ah, danke. <laughs> um, but first, uh, could you introduce yourself and your work? Hi, I'm Anna McCarthy. I'm an artist um, and living in Germany. And um, I work a lot with um, performance and music and um, try to sort of combine a lot of different media into one. And this, this often sort of culminates in, in these sort of... Uh, performances like the stake strike one mm -hmm. um yeah we want to focus on on that st stake strike performance which you did during the spiel art festival in munich is that right yep uh could you talk us through the several acts because it's uh it's a performance with um, several acts what was seen and heard Well, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll start off with actually also explaining the context of the performance because I was invited to be part of this sort of larger festival, actually, and um, which was called um, Global Angst. And this was part of the theater festival Spielart, and it was curated by Julian Warner. And he sort of invited lots of different types of people to uh, work on the topic of angst, of like fear, global fear. And there was first like um, a series of talks with um, more sort of theorists like Klaus Tiverleit and Bini Adamchak and um, lots of different speakers that spoke about different topics um, surrounding fear, like in society now, like be it Corona or um, refugees or um, like there was a group of um, Uyghurin that spoke about their fear. I mean, it's really masses amount of different types of people like in a kind of parliament that he called it and then um, after these few days of the parliament there was a big sort of um, demonstration that went through the whole city where there were different people involved and like each one had a different sort of um, uh, lorry that they could use as part of this demonstration to the topic of fear and this demonstration then ended at the Olympic Lake in Munich where I was asked to do sort of the end ceremony to sort of end the angst and it was Julian Warner's idea actually with um to build this wicker man figure and I was I was asked to sort of do the ceremony surrounding it and um and and also to sort of burn the fear that was sort of gathered during the parliament and this was like for me um, my, my first reaction actually was more 
like a negative one because I uh, didn't really feel like I wanted to work with fire in a public space, especially in in a place like Munich, where there's has like the history of of uh, burning books and during the Nazi period, and then I also think of like the Ku Klux Klan and just sort of actually more negative uh, imagery. And and of course, I had to immediately think of like why did he ask me to do it? <laughs> and I and, I, and I'm pretty sure, or I know he sort of asked me because he sees me as a sort of witch, like a witch figure, and and that's sort of a difficult word um, or a difficult role to be in. Like on on the one hand, it can be um, in a way an insult and on the other hand it can be very empowering so um, and so I tried to sort of find a way of um, it took me a while to find a sort of uh, form that I could do a performance and the, the, the way that I thought I could sort of um, empower myself <laughs> was that I uh, like I as the witch figure I gave myself then the, the the name Lucy Strike to sort of embody lots of different figures um, to then uh, sort of take over the the um, the stake and make it mine and say like I, and sort of like a rebellion against the stake. So that was how the sort of um, the story started. Yeah. Could you tell me a bit more about she is um, sentenced to the stake? Yeah, so it starts off the performance with sort of um, scenario at the um, at this lake with the uh, wicker man, which was uh, put on the lake, like on a sort of island right in the middle of the lake. So the, the audience could see already that there was this sort of stake set up in the middle of the lake and something was going to happen. And, and also during the, the days um, prior to the performance, the people in Munich could see this thing being set up. So it was sort of, um, you know, people were aware that something was going to happen and it was very reminiscent of sort of pagan rituals that are done in the, in the summer in Germany as well. And so it started with this um, scene of me uh, as Lucy Strike on a boat already. And I'm surrounded by sort of, um, a choir and and uh, um, some other sort of threatening sort of figures and uh, I introduce myself as Lucy Strike and explain how I have been sentenced to the stake and um, and sort of explain that I'm you know thinking about why I was sentenced to the stake and and you know who who has sentenced me to the stake it's sort of this monologue sort of turns around um, like I try to whilst I'm thinking about um, like why I've been sentenced to the stake, I sort of start realizing, oh, I want to change it around. Maybe I can change it around. If I'm supposed to have these powers, maybe I can sort of um, uh, do a spell or something, you know? And then I start doing this sort of poetry and um, um, sort of in a sort of cliche, bewitching kind of way, I, I turn, managed to turn around the opinions of the of the villagers, like the villagers who have sentenced me to the stake. And I change it into a strike. So it's like a rebellion and the villagers uh, are on my side and they're convinced that I'm not a, a witch and like I managed to convince them. And then, and so um, we then reclaim the fire for us and light it and decide to put our fear into the fire to give birth to something new. 
like the the fear was um represented by um these wax blocks that had been distributed during the parliament during the discussions about angst and people had written like scratched in uh, what their personal fear was and these were all given to me like after the parade and i took them onto the like as part of the performance i took them onto the boat with me and was then um rowed out to the to the wicker man lit the wicker man had a fire like on my head I had, like a fire crown on my head lit the wicker man with my head and then um, put these wax blocks into the fire. And when wax melts, um, when the wax had melted, I tipped it into the water and then <laughs> took out the figures that had um, like the, the hardened wax that was in the water to sort of um, give birth to sort of new figures, which is um, actually a new, kind of thing that people do at New Year here. Um, they melt wax and and throw it into the water and the figures that come out of these, this wax um, represent what the coming year is going to be like. Oh, yeah, I, I thought it was with tin, but it's also used with wax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it used to be tin, but then tin was banned. Ah, okay. So now they've started doing it with wax. Okay. I, I'm really interested because you didn't choose... Well, the, the the more general subject or topic yourself, uh, especially yeah. the the word which made you feel different kind of things. After this project or working during this project, how do you see the witch, and what do you think is the definition of witchcraft? Well, I mean, I think the word witch has has accompanied me for a for a long time since um, since I was a child. Really, I mean, I think I was always interested in in witches and stories and ide uh, identified in in a way with them but only when I was sort of I think in my 20s I remember um somebody actually a friend saying to me like oh yeah you're you're such a witch like you have witchy eyes and then it was like huh what really and then then I sort of more and more thinking about it and realizing that I was you know seen as a sort of witch figure as well so it's sort of a um, a strange word that has accompanied me for for a long time, like as an uh, as it can, which can be seen as an insult, or can be seen as empowering, and and it really depends on who says it to you and in what context. I think, and and I, what I really enjoyed, like the last ten years, I think I feel like the the word witch suddenly started popping up a lot more as this sort of word of empowerment that it really wasn't the case, even though I think there's still stereotypes being used. It is changing for the better. And yeah, I mean, it really depends on who who says it to you. I find it really insulting if, uh, like, um, men certain men say it to me, for example, <laughs> or most men actually. <laughs> actually, I have really noticed that it, when a man says it to me, it's definitely completely different than when a woman says it to mm. me. I feel like, uh, yeah. I mean, of course, it depends who it is, but um, but it can definitely be an insult. Yeah. Yeah, like you're the you're the whore, you're the dirty woman, you're the yeah. you know, if you're if you're um if you drink alcohol or you oh no, not even, you know, if you if you're just an independent woman basically, then you can be called a witch. I mean if you're a feminist and you're a witch and you know. What I want to know also is uh, in the performance you mentioned the names of several people. Mm -hmm. uh, who are they? And uh, well, one of the first ones I think is um, Susie Laben, Dakan, Dakan, and that was um, an article I read when I was uh, reading about 
on the topic of witches of, a, of like a current witch story in India where um, uh, where these two sisters were having problems uh, with their family who were uh, the male relatives who were sort of disrespecting them and they were um, using the um, fields as um, as a toilet like they were you know going to the toilet on the field and then they would then these women complained to their I think it was their their uncle or um, like, oh, you can't do that. It will mess up the crops. And that was enough to sort of make them very angry at them, say that like, you, you shouldn't talk back to us. And and they, they were then um, in the in the village they were living in, uh, seen as witches, and they were um, sort of uh, pushed out of their own family. And then it ended up being mainly about them um, wanting to take away the land from the women, like dispossessing the, the territory. Which uh, the property, sorry, and um, yeah, I found that an interesting story, and it's of course a a, a story from now, so it's very it's still happening, like stupid mm-hmm. things like that. And but then, um, sorry, I was wondering that, that specific story also came uh, was mentioned or was um, spoken by Lucy Strike, right? Yeah, about the family soiling the land. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then um, there's these names: um, Verucaria, Maura, Letaria, Vulpina, which are these, I think, Latin names. And um, this was actually uh, when I was in the mountains. I, I, I'm a climber. Like I spend a lot of time in the mountains, and there were these beautiful rocks that we wanted to climb and these were the names of of the rocks and but they were covered in moss and they were really wet and like we, we couldn't climb them and then I checked sort of like oh uh, you know what's the story behind the names because they often have a story these these climbing routes and then it said these are the different names of the witches of the village in in this town in Italy and I found that so and then I wrote a poem for these uh, these witch rocks that they they, they don't uh, they don't um, allow the mounting of men like they always stay moist and wet and and so yeah I, I thought that was a, a quite nice quite nice image and the poem is also part of the uh, part of the text and then there's these other women that I named the Anna Brigitta and Bacha Regina Lutz and these are um, uh, these are witches in in Munich. That were these are the names of witches in Munich that were um, uh, that were burnt at the stake in uh, by by the bridge Hackerbrücke, which is one of the sort of the main bridges by the main central station in Munich, and that's where sort of the main stake was. And um, they used to also uh, do have like there were gory details where they would put gunpowder around the necks of the of the witches so that when the fire reached their necks their heads would also explode like mm. this sort of like the vampire like you have to get rid of the head to kill yeah gruesome yep. and in the like like in one of the songs in the in the performance um there's a, the lyrics is hackerbrücke hackerbrücke brenn hexe brenn which means the you know the name of the bridge and then burn burn witch burn and Uri Jalou is um, like a well-known case in in Germany um, of um, a man who was 
um, a refugee who was who was put in jail in Dessau in 2005, and he was he burnt to death like in his cell, and the policeman didn't help him. It's like a massive trial in in Germany. They or the uh, family of the victim has tried to bring it to trial again and again, and um, so I sort of tried to name a lot of different types of people that I see as victims of, of bigotry and stupidity, like in mm-hmm. Germany also specifically. Yeah. yeah, and Lucy Strike is the persona who, um, for all these stories. Yeah, she's sort of the narrator and the embodiment of like different figures. Like at the beginning she says, um, like I carry the, the pain of many women in me in my eyes, my ears, my nose, my tears. And, Yeah, and this is sort of, um, well, the thing is I try to really mix, like that's why I kept on sort of uh, jumping back and forth between saying um, that talking about myself and talking about Lucy Strike, like I really tried to mix like very, very po- personal, very emotional stories with um, with topics that I that I see as important, like on a, on a more sort of general mm-hmm. sort of, yeah. and, the, and the witch for me is also um, one of the main representatives also of um, scapegoats in general, which is often a topic in my work. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, no. and I have to maybe also add like the, for me, it was really an extremely emotional performance. Like it was really, I felt like I was bleeding publicly. Mm. It was really an extreme thing for me to to do. Like, and it took me about two months, I think, to recover from it. Oh, wow. And and uh, yeah, I, I'm still not sure if it's a good good way of working if you really bleed so publicly. But, yeah. yeah, and it's and it has to do with um, my my experience of like I experienced a lot of physical and sexual abuse, so it's, a lot of that was in there as well. So it's a big mm. sort of difficult thing to do on a pub- public public. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. interesting experience like the whole procedure of like the whole process of the of the performance was very very intense like everybody who was involved uh was very like very passionate about it mm-hmm. about the topic and like i had a um, uh, i mean it was it was like a t- t- uh, 20 people i think involved oh, like wow. a 10 piece choir mm-hmm. and um and then different musicians and the main Um, musician um, Man- Manuela Schutke that I always work with. We also have the band What Are People For? She wrote the music. So we started off just the two of us working very sort of intense to just the two of us and then get, you know getting more and more people in and everybody was just really like also telling me their own personal stories. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it was extremely intense. And also the, the performance itself was crazy because uh, it was so it was outside and um and it was in this park that's just a big park like the olympic park because of corona we hadn't actually done a lot of advertisement uh, we didn't you know we didn't want too many people coming together so we thought it was going to be like 200 people max or something scattered all over the place like we imagined it completely different and it ended up being 2000 people wow. <laughs> they were like all around the lake and everybody was really 
like uh, like going crazy because of this fire because the fire like has an extreme uh, effect on people and then and then also the music and the singing and everything and then people were really going crazy like they were screaming mm, really I had this crown on my head with the fire and people started going crazy about that and then I really didn't I mean I was standing on the boat with this fire on my head and then I couldn't really see anything because I had this mask on to protect my face and then I really wasn't sure why people were screaming like oh no I hope the boat's not on fire or my hair's on fire <laughs> oh, no wow. it was a very crazy experience and I, I was also really uh, scared about um setting myself on fire so that was also an uh, like it accompanied me um in the preparations of the performance yeah. yeah it attracted a lot of people writing to me that really do witchcraft as well which was also oh, yeah. interesting like yeah. some people also wrote to me and said like you don't know what powers you're you're gonna you know uh you you should be careful and you don't know what powers you're going to release and oh wow really that kind of thing and that's really that can mess you with you a bit <laughs> we have a witchy apprentice on the line you are now on witchcraft made science how can we help you yeah thanks for picking up haven't you called before well yeah i mean what can i say i'm a big fan anyhow the question is once all the wax is born, once all the songs are sung and the performance is done and the ecstasy has faded a little bit, what remains of this of this ritual, this collectiveness? What what's the aftermath? Yeah, I mean that really is a good question because I had to think about it the whole time. There was this massive, you know, build-up and it's like drama and da-da-da, and is it actually uh, no, has it worked? <laughs> and I, but it, well, that wasn't really the thing that I'm hoping that most people. But I did get the feeling that it was clear that it wasn't supposed to be like this big answer or big sort of ritual to really rid us of our fears. Like what I also say in the in the performance and also in the description of the ritual that it that you can also these objects you take out of the water that they can be burnt down anytime. Like everything has to sort of stay in movement and keep on changing. And like the, you just have to find sort of certain ways of, you know, rituals are just sort of um, tools to use to get you through the day, <laughs> you know. And in a, in, like in a more literal way, like um, it was a big event with lots of, converging energies this place in somewhere another change right like physically have you revisited the park after you were done after you quote-unquote bled out in public yeah i mean i went back on the um it was a strange thing uh, like i mean for me personally going back i went in the in the morning like when it was all being like there was just like a stage like a you know, metal stage like on the lake and that had to be taken down and the ashes had to be taken away by, um, but they had a, a guy that I'd, um, he wasn't, I didn't employ him, like he was from the park, but he was uh, there the whole time. He was a diver and I met him in the morning and then uh, we thought about swimming around the, around the platform together to like sort of close the circle in a way. Like that was somehow like a, feeling like I wanted to do, like I wanted to still swim around it because I hadn't finished swimming. 
around it during the performance because I go into the water at the end of the performance. I don't know if I mentioned that, but yeah. But it was strange to, you know, go back and then it's all over and the ashes are there. But it was also nice because the diver went in and bought, got out some of, more of the wax and and cleaned it all up and cleaned up the lake. And then, But then it just goes back to being the normal park, I think. I don't think uh, we've changed anything. I think it's just, you know, it's in the... I don't know. It's just an experience. I don't think it changes changes the park really. It's just in the minds of, of of people that were there, maybe. You know. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I just I just wish I was there. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you, Anna, for joining us. Yeah. Thank you very much. To yeah. Me. You too. Bye. <laughs> Hope to see you Bye. soon again. <laughs> Thank you so much. Let's tune in next time for another episode of Witchcraft Made Sense. A plethora of patterns like marble cake. The colors intertwine and weave their way up the mountainside, creating funnels and gullies for the water to run down. Meeting at the bottom in a bubbling stream that winds through the jungle of the trees. Cascata embedded in the crevice.